Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And this is not an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation on this week's Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast. This is um, this is a recap episode. This is... We're halfway through season one, Paul. We, yeah. I mean... And they're, they're long seasons. You know, it's those 80s seasons. Yeah, 26 episodes like, by today's television remember, standards is a lot. Remember when TV was TV and, like, seasons were seasons? And before they did dopey things like um, actually calling the mid-season hiatus, like, the mid-season finale. Like, get out of here ugh. with that stuff, right? Like, that's yeah. just... Ugh. That's, yeah. that's gross. Oh, yeah, come on. Like, Angel 1 was their mid-season high point. Yeah, exactly. If, if they actually called Angel 1 the mid-season finale the, the audience would have been gone at that point that's <laughs> just you know I, I was gonna say something about like you know they 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 don't stoop to the point of selling like half seasons on dvd for twice as much money but you know i i, I don't know how many of our listeners tried to buy these dvds back in the 90s but i always remember these star trek tng dvds being the most expensive things ever yeah, when they were still on VHS, I mean, they were terribly expensive, and they were one of the first series to come to DVD. Um, it was the early two thousands. I was, like, oh. um, uh, was, it was really like, okay yeah, that late. It came out like two thousand one, two thousand two when they came I guess to that DVD. Makes sense. Um, bucks a season. So yeah, yeah. Everybody just got fifty dollars worth of content here. <laughs> Precisely. So you know, pony up. Um, <laughs> We're, we're going to kind of roadmap this a little bit because one of the things that we do talk about um, on this show and one of our guest hosts, uh, I believe it was Ed, who, uh, who said, we're breaking new ground by telling people not to listen to our show. Yep, that was definitely Ed. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is kind of true because we're, we're, we're trying to do a public service here. Um, you know, if you're a lifelong Star Trek fan and you're listening to this show, you're among friends, and, and thanks for sticking with us. You're going to watch the bad episodes with us uh, as just as we will, for the same reasons that we will. Because you remember them, and you remember the cheese, and you kind of want to go back and have a laugh. But the other part of this, you know, whole podcast project was to kind of create a roadmap. And I kind of thought it'd be nice <laughs> to start there and talk about the roadmap as it sits. Because now that we've gone through half of the first season... Which is a pretty tumultuous first go uh, for a uh, show. Yeah, I mean, it's got to get better from here. I wonder if we're ever going to be a place where we look at a half a season and, and recommend so many episodes not to be watched ever again. Yeah, this is, it's, it's higher than I thought it would be. Because we went back, and so the 13 episodes that, that we did were um, Encounter at Farpoint, which is the, the pilot. And then just from there, procedurally, it's The Naked Now, Code of Honor, uh, The Last Outpost, where no one has gone before, lonely among us, justice, the battle, uh, hide and cue, haven, the big goodbye, data lore, and angel one, and that's thirteen episodes. And we recommended only six of those, yep. only six, and we well, we skipped yeah. we skipped around quite a bit. It's a tough set of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who are, are we're going to put this on the site too so you can see you know what our watch list is and, and what our watch and skips are but we go right from Encounter at Farpoint the very first you know pilot episode we skip over the next three so that's uh, that's a whole you know month later in television time to land on where no one has gone before and to be fair we were lukewarm about Encounter at Farpoint right like, yeah yeah there were things that you have to get out of it but I would have been a lot happier if it was half the length mm -hmm. it's you know looking back on this i think 
we really did try to get the best of the best out of this block of 13 episodes. But all the problems in Encounter at Farpoint, I think, carry through at least the first half of season one uh, yeah. for quite a while. The, just the inconsistent characters, the um, the clear situations where stories are muddled because of rewrites or going from person to person. Um, you know, just just too much sometimes, too much clutter in the scripts. And I feel like a lot of the, except for Encounter at Farpoint, because Encounter at Farpoint is a good, I think, baseline for, you know, just think of more of that in a single episode, and that'll be all the episodes <laughs> that we skipped. And the episodes that get away from those problems are more of the ones that we recommend that you watch. The ones that have a clearer sense of narrative, of character, and, and focus, I think. I mean, I, I don't know that I want to tell people that if they haven't watched these, that all they've missed is Encounter at Farpoint. Um, level shenanigans because some of these are horrible yeah. some of these I mean if you've been following along with us like if you've been doing this if you've been doing this right if you've never seen the show before first first off and you're doing this kudos yeah um, but if you've watched these six episodes I feel like you're probably in a pretty good place right now what's the last thing you watched the last thing you watched was data lore uh, data lore yeah you're in a great place right now mm-hmm. um, feeling good yeah, these are these are some. So let's talk about the good ones. Um, let's let's talk about those. Um, Encounter at Farpoint. You know, we've we've already covered where no one has gone before. I think is a clear instance of of maybe one of the first episodes that that has at least a sharper focus. You know, there's nothing about that episode that I think that it it was mind blowingly good. But what it did was play with a singular idea and introduce a couple of characters who are really interesting, like uh, some guest characters. Focused. Yeah. It was very focused. There was no, um, there was no fluff there. Um, there was nothing weird. There were no side plots or um, weird things that they were just kind of putting in there because they needed to kill fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was focused. Yeah, uh, and it, you know, it worked really well. So much so that actually the the tail end of the episode, um, you know, felt a little fast because they still had yeah, a lot of stuff to get to and and wrap it up. Um, well, and um, that one so. We had we recommended it, but uh, do I remember correctly that you had gone into this saying that you did not like that one? That is correct. I had said that I wanted to skip it. And I think it's because, you know, ironically, I said, and here's what's interesting, too, to back that up, The Last Outpost, which is the fourth uh, total mm-hmm. episode, you and I both said to watch originally, <laughs> and then we know changed. how wrong we are. Yeah, yeah. So we both said to watch that one, wound up with a skip. I, th- I stand by that decision. I stand by that. It's a bad episode. Where no one has gone before, I think, is a clear case of, of um, maybe uh, having a little bit of, of inspiration upon the rewatch or, or being a little bit more delighted than I expected to be. I just remembered this episode, I think, largely as a, like, Oh, okay, been there, done that. They just got catapulted and come back. Like nothing really happens that was important. So I think that's where I came from to to skip it. And if you look at it that way, where no one has gone before, is not a weighty episode. I mean, there's not a lot there that has implications. Well, I mean, it's not the it's not like the flute episode. Sure, it's not you know <laughs> that <laughs> the flute episode, which uh, <laughs> oh boy. Um, <laughs> And we'll get there. Um, it's uh, is that a season five, season six? That's season six. The inner light. The inner light. Yep. Um, but it it's uh, upon a rewatch, I think it's a clear example of about as good as it gets in season one. Right? That it's solid story. That all the characters are good. And it, yeah, and it's a lot of fun. 
Yeah. Um, the battle and hide and cue. These pair of episodes, um, you and I, I think- kind of traded back and forth. Originally, we said to watch both of these, but I think we landed in different places with those two episodes. Yeah, and I think we. I think I flipped at least on one of them um, because I th- think I had said. Boy, now I can't remember at all. We just talked about this before we started. Um, do you remember what I said for the battle initially? Um, you said watch. You did actually have watch on that one. Um, okay. But I remember we had to convince you uh, that would be Oslek and myself had to kind of, I think we won you over because I think you originally went into that saying like, oh, watch it. I think when you watched it, you actually came out of it saying, uh, maybe skip it. And then I think I we think, talked um, you into it. <laughs> I think you guys talked about ships for about 45 minutes and I, I just glazed over and I was like, yep, yeah, probably watch that episode about ships. There's a lot of, there's a lot of good ship, uh, ship porn there for people who <laughs> oh, are man. excited about it. I was very impressed by that discussion. Like, man, <laughs> ships fly around in space. <laughs> Anytime you get to reference a uh, model making technique called kit bashing. I, I learned a lot. I, I honestly felt like I learned a lot from that discussion you guys had. It was a lot of fun. Yep. And uh, hide and cue. Similarly, I think I had the opposite response. I said watch because it's a cue episode. I think when I watched it, I was just kind of like, "Man, this episode." And then uh, you and Jacob, I think, kind of convinced me again to say to say watch on that one. Yeah, and it, and again, it's that was just really a fun episode. Like I I don't like a whole lot of it, um, but as far as cue episodes go, they're all very different, and you need to get that. I think. You, if there's something you come away from that episode with um, as a first time watch through this series would be that Q episodes are not um, firmly part of the hard continuity, maybe is a way to put it. Sure. Um, that things, things can happen in a Q episode that anything can happen in a Q episode. Right. 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 Um, it's no rules just right. Right. It, it's Q. So... <laughs> No, somewhere somebody's got to make a t-shirt out of that i think just no rules just right <laughs> q you know q. well i think i think that might infringe on uh outback steakhouse no nah, don't worry about it it's fine <laughs> it'll be just fine that's 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 gonna be that's all gonna work out um i want to talk about our where we landed on the big goodbye because the last two that we yeah. have to watch are the big goodbye and data lore um yeah. and i think those are worlds apart too in terms of agreement in, in you know what episodes to watch originally another one that i yeah i feel like i got flipped here mm -hmm. i know originally when you went into it you said skip um you outright said skip there uh this one abby was with us and um argued uh i think pretty pretty passionately and convincingly pretty convincingly convincingly. Mm -hmm. and there's a lot here uh the big goodbye is one of those episodes that it means a lot to the Trek universe, but you wouldn't know that or think that looking at it at face value, right? Well, and I think one of my problems with it later um, is that in my mind, um, since I've watched them all willy-nilly out of order, I just kind of group all the Dixon Hill stuff in just a pool of Dixon Hill episodes, and I don't think I ever watched them in proper order. Right. Right. So this was just, you know, I'm making quotes. Um, great for podcasting. Um <laughs> This was just another Dixon Hill episode. Uh, and I get the feeling that, um, you know, as you watch these through sequentially, um, at least so far, they're coming off as much better um, storytelling devices. Um, and I do think Abby's 
um, kind of love of of the noir aspects of this was fairly infectious. And she did a great job of selling us on that this is supposed to be literary fun. Um, it's supposed to be showing you Picard, and it does. Well, and it's funny you reference um, <clears throat> like Dixon Hill uh, like episodes. I think it's referenced by name a couple of extra times, but really the only time I believe we see Dixon Hill on screen again is um, is actually in the uh, first contact feature film. Um, really? I think there's at least one or two other Dixon Hill episodes, question mark. The wedding is or maybe on. I just March seen this three times and thought it was three different episodes. Um, let me let me take a look here. I'm I'm doing my I'm doing we'll my get homework. To it eventually. <laughs> yeah, there's uh TNG episodes. No, you're right. The, there's one other episode where it is uh, uh, referenced. Um, apparently, TNG episodes, The Big Goodbye, also in the episode Clues, and then in First Contact. But that's pretty much it. Um, I much prefer the episode Blues Clues, but... We we just figured out Blue's Clues. Yeah, there's so there's not a lot of uh, Dixon Hill continuity, but um, you know it is there and it's it's a thing. And what's interesting about Dixon Hill is that it's also um, it's completely an, a creation in the Star mm-hmm. Trek universe. It's it's fiction inside fiction, which is yeah. Awesome. I I love that as a storytelling concept too. I don't I don't think I ever realized that. I thought they had pulled Nor like when I watched this uh, at a younger age. Mm-hmm. And, and that that concept is great. Like you get to write whatever you want. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yep. Exactly. You can create your own continuity within the continuity. Yeah. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Um, and it's smart. It's very smart. And I think winding up with Data Lore as the last episode that we recommend is kind of a nice place to leave this because you have with Data Lore and Angel One. Angel One we said skip pretty much across the board. <laughs> has a lot of problems. Um, but Data Lore is uh, I think one of the best episodes that we've recorded and it's also one of the best episodes that um that we've seen in the series probably thus far if not the best episode in the series thus far um, yeah it i mean i don't know what you even have to say about data lore right it's like you it's like <laughs> you've seen a bit of data and now you've seen lore and there's an arc here like mm-hmm. strap yourself in this one this one goes far mm-hmm. um and we we saw there's a lot of seeds already like they're going to be playing out these seeds for seasons. Yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's all I could really say about it. Is strap yourself in. This is a good arc. Yeah. And there's, um, I think again, it was another example of the the writing team, which you know, still struggling at this point and still having a hard time f- having characters find their voice and and f- setting the right tone for the show. This is one that that I think people look back on and go, this is where they got it right. And I think. This is an episode, if you lifted it out and put it in the middle of, like, a season three or season four, it definitely would feel more natural as opposed to doing something like Code of Honor or <laughs> Justice or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or you know, I mean, or Haven. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we need to go back through all the episodes to skip. Those are, um, I, I will say, though, that, that um, at this point, if you've watched these six episodes and you're a newbie and you're you're kind of hooked it might be okay to dip your toe into some of these bad episodes and then listen to those uh those shows that we did okay Um, here's a fun here's a fun game we could play what is the best of the worst episodes that we said make sure not to watch (laughs) best quality wise or best as in best worst uh run with it go either way okay i would say the um 
<laughs> the best worst in terms of like the absolute most terrible train wreck of an episode, but entertaining as heck to watch, has got to be. Uh, it's a it's a close one between. I have I have a choice. Yeah. Uh, you know, actually, I was gonna say Code of Honor, but I'm actually gonna say Haven. Ooh, yeah. okay. Um, I was gonna say Nick and Now. Really? Okay. Okay. Because so, I mean, I think now that you have these characters down, you could be like, because that was that was the problem we had with Nick and Now, right? Was um, if you had only seen one episode, you don't know what the characters are like, so you don't get the parody of them. You don't get the fact that they're doing things wrong. Mm-hmm. And now you would get to see how stupid it is. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> but, fully appreciate how dumb it is. <laughs> yes. Well, and so Haven, man. Well, so <laughs> Haven is the one episode that I missed here. Mm-hmm. Um. And I listened to it, and it, it, I got about halfway through before realizing I wasn't on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, we planned it. Um, I was I was traveling. Um, no, but it was great because Hillary, um, about twenty seconds in, she had this deep sigh, and I was like, "Man, that's exactly what I wanted to do in that situation." Um, and just, I mean, you captured it. The the audio it was great, but um, she really nailed that. So I was happy. Um, yeah, but th- Haven might be my. Uh, it's not going to be my least favorite, but it's probably one of my top five least favorite overall TNG episodes. Mm-hmm. Maybe top ten least favorite Star Trek episodes. Yeah, yeah. I I say Haven because I don't. I actually don't hate Haven. Like I don't. I don't viscerally well, like. You're like, a bad person. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's a bad episode. Don't get me wrong. But it's bad in that kind of way where you look at it, and and I think it's very much like Tommy Wiseau's The Room, right? Where you're like, somebody was trying to make this work, but they just made every choice that you can possibly make that's wrong, you know, just back to back. And so when you put it together, you have this weird, like, you know, it, it's so many people were involved in making it and everybody at the time had to have known that this just wasn't going to work because uh, it's just silly. It's just silly on a number of, of levels. And I still remember scoffing slash laughing out loud when uh, the central premise to that episode to Haven is that, you know, Deanna Troy's arranged to be married to this guy who's human. And as it turns out, he doesn't get married to her because his dream woman from <laughs> from the stars shows up Oh yeah, and and they hand wave away that um, in the worst possible sense when he he says you know how is it possible that I've seen this woman in my dreams forever, and Deanna Troy's mom is just like well we're all connected so it's, it's easy. the force that's what I wrote in my notes I said so it's the force <laughs> yeah because she really does describe the force pretty much exactly it's that like every mm-hmm. everything's connected and if you tried really hard you could lift that X wing over there yep. And I was like, wow, that was a weird call out, Luke's one of Troy. I think you had X Wings in this universe, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's not uh, um, Man, what else did I write down? Because I had some notes about this episode. I did, I did um, initially intend to record on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did take note, you guys didn't catch, um, that Haven has a Stargate. There's a Stargate there. Oh, um, they did actually call that out, didn't they? They said they're. I mean, it. It had chevrons and stuff, if I'm remembering right, and I might not be because you know. I don't think we ever see it though, episode. do we? I don't think we ever actually see the Stargate. Do they just call it out, or do they? Is I it think, like sitting behind the desk? I no? think, 
Oh, 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 yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's, it's okay. It's a piece of. I'm that. not sure. These are notes, you know. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> honestly, I blocked out so much of that episode. The only things that I remember are 80s Dream Woman and, you know. I remember there was a conversation that basically went, you could read thoughts, right? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, you're not wrong. <laughs> Uh, to, to know who wants this merge to happen I think you cover that pretty, pretty well looks like everyone got haircuts I thought that was a good note to take um, <laughs> I did think it was kind of sad that this is where they came up with so much of the canonical Beta's at wedding stuff that shows up for yeah. the rest of Star Trek yep. right? this, will be, this, this comes up forever well, it's also uh, where Waxana Troy gets her, like, I won't say royal status, but, you know, quasi-royal status, where she's the daughter of the uh, fifth house of Beta Z, holder of the sacred chalice of Reeks, like that. Yeah. Totally yep. is a thing. Which like I'm that. fine with that. I'm yeah, fine with that. It stays a thing. Um, I did love that the resolution is basically, like, they say a bunch of stuff, and they're like, well, why would you, like, what are you going to do? What, what, you left or whatever. And he's kind of like, yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and then he just leaves. And then just go. Like, yeah, yeah. Why it's on? Why it's here now? So we're gonna go. Bye, everyone. And then yeah. the ship leaves. Yep. Yeah. Oh, such a bad episode, though. I think <laughs> I think that if you would watch that after some of these other ones, I don't know. I would just maybe be done with the series at that point. <laughs> it's it's like, not a good episode for sure. But be glad you didn't watch it if yeah. you didn't. If you did. And if you did. We told you not to. <laughs> exactly. Um, the So season one as a whole has, I think, at this point, even the good episodes have some problems, you know? <laughs> um, and and a lot of these problems are, are basic storytelling problems in terms of clarity of character or narrative arc or narrative focus. But there's a lot of also just kind of baggage. Like, I, I just call it like season one baggage. And I've kind of broken it into two different character or two different territories, uh, or or categories here. Um, one is kind of like the tired tropes, and then the other one would be weird inconsistencies. <laughs> um, and and tired tropes are things. I mean, this one has come up so much it's almost silly at this point. But there are a lot of episodes that Troy's presence can just destroy, and so she's not there. <sighs> that that has to be my worst part. <laughs> If I was going to have a worst, worst, and, you know, kind of talked about having a little bit like that, I, I think that would tip my hand, right? That's probably my worst, worst. That maybe half these episodes, Troy's presence would basically be like, um, I guess we haven't had a Q episode. Like, no, well, no, we did. We had the Riker, the hide and Q. It's uh-huh. basically like Riker having Q powers, right? It's the same thing as if he had Q powers in, say, uh, Justice. Right. It's the same, like, he would just be like, hey, <laughs> goodbye, everybody. We're taking you off the planet. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and that's more or less what Troy's weird superpowers do in most of these episodes. Yeah, because specifically I had her missing in uh, the episode 11001001. Uh, I had her missing in Data Lore. Um, what was another? Um, there there were at least one or two more. Or did um, you call out 11001001? Or one zero zero one. No, I can't say it. Yes, I did. Oh, yep. that's outside of the scope. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. We've uh, yes, that's that's coming up. But um, 
but yeah, there's there's just a lot of times where where that happens, and I think will continue to happen until they figure out how to how to write that character. You know. Well, and it does eventually get better. Yeah. I mean, Troy Troy's not a bad character. Um, I think they just they really bit off a lot here without thinking it through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, to some degree, you could kind of say, yeah, sure, you were trying something different, but um, I do think at the end of the day for this part they really wanted a Vulcan and they couldn't justify having one yeah yeah well I mean it's clearly uh, I think uh, a case of trying to write some sort of a character who is uh, mystical I think um, in the ways that maybe Spock originally was um, for sure. I have um, another couple of tropes that I have here. One is, uh, you know, Wesley solves all of the problems because he's the boy wonder <laughs> genius. Um, that Wesley comes... Sweaters. Wesley Sweaters is another one. Oh, that I... was a hashtag. We had hashtag Wesley Sweaters. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. We had that we one said too. That. Yep. Um, I have Riker as a Cretan slash Bizarro Kirk, um, which. I Right, that might be my worst. <laughs> also a problem. What's funny about Riker is, and to give us just a little bit of a preview here, okay, so we're halfway through season one. The Riker thing will continue to be a problem, I think, basically, to the end of season one. Yeah. Um, but what's funny is you uh, you put that beard on him, and it's uh, it's almost like no problem, right? Like, as soon as they put the beard on him, they start to write him as a different character. It's weird. Because um, almost immediately in... In season two, um, just to give you a little bit of a of a, of a tease there, uh, he starts to feel a little bit more familiar, like the Riker that we know. Um, and there are still going to be some weird late episodes, you know, oh, Riker yeah. episodes, where yeah. he goes to a planet and seduces somebody. But I don't know. It's not that they feel less weird, but maybe that you've just gotten enough good Riker by then. Yeah, it's. I, I think he becomes less sleazy and at least a little bit more like, eh, whatever, it's that guy. You know, it's... Uh, because he, he, like, generally, he just comes off as, like, cold, um, a little bit callous, very sexist, and sometimes he's an ineffective middle manager, um, you know, <laughs> yep. and, and what they do to kind of mitigate all of his, all the weirdness and the creepiness and, and uh, is that they, they make him a much warmer character, that he gets to be funny you know, they, they have him be much more collegial with, like, the members of the crew. He he kind of fills that void that, you know, Picard, for as um, as grandfatherly as I think he eventually becomes to the crew, he's still the captain, and he still maintains that distance. Um, Riker sort of swoops in and, and fills that void, I think, where he's the one who's relatable to the rest of the crew. But you don't see any of that in season one. So it... It eventually, I think, gets there, but but Riker's tough yeah. to watch here. Yeah, and Riker's weird because they haven't fleshed out Picard yet, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they don't have a great contrast to him. And and yeah, it's just not as clear cut of what either of them should be. And so Riker kind of goes off the rails occasionally. Um, yeah, and I think Haven might actually be more damaging to Riker than than to Troy or the Betazids or anything. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because like, he's just the jealous ex-boyfriend. Oh, and mm, yeah, I think you guys covered that really well in that. So I <laughs> retread any of it, but like, how could he ever be seen as a likable character after all the <laughs> stuff he was in there? Like, yeah. 
somehow it happens. <laughs> somehow yeah. it comes. To I you. think yeah, you know, people just missed that episode. <laughs> hopefully, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, I also have under some weird inconsistencies. Um, you know, you had mentioned the Prime Directive watch at this point. Like, what do we think what of the Prime is, Directive? What is the current status of the Prime Directive? What is it right now? <laughs> Not what you know it to be, but what is it from these episodes? And I think they just keep it very vague as non-interference is the Prime Directive, but they don't go into specificity as yeah, to what that is. I think is. right now that would be about right. Uh-huh. Non-interference. <sighs> And it's yeah, that's probably about ready right now. What's funny is like that's very original series, right? That they've lifted that from from TOS from from the original series. Um, I think what's interesting about TNG and 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 uh, you know as we'll continue to watch through Next Gen, there are when it's at its best. I think Next Generation is in the best possible sense a riff on the original Star Trek which means that it gets to take a lot of these ideas that were kind of more one-offs in, in the run of the original series and actually flesh it out and build a universe out of out of all of those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so much so that when you watch the original series, it's really unclear as to the scope of the Federation, how the Federation is organized, how Starfleet relates to the Federation, what's the size of the fleet, what's the mission of the fleet. I mean, you know, explore strange new worlds, but they're also a paramilitary organization. Um, I feel like Next Generation is really cool because it takes a lot of those things and builds a cohesive universe out of it. That well, have, yeah, yeah. That, that eventually. Continue. Sorry, I'm disagreeing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that eventually Next Gen kind of becomes the cornerstone of everything that modern Star Trek is built on. And I think I think what's really interesting about doing this show is people have asked us, you know, friends of ours, listeners uh, have asked, you know, why start with TNG. And I feel like everything that people have come to know Star Trek to be in the modern era is here. That yeah, that, that TOS kind of you know laid the groundwork, just in terms of the loosest you know bones uh, the, uh, for structure. But Next Generation actually made a made a universe out of it. And I don't think you could have a Deep Space Nine without Next Generation setting up all that canon first. To, well, there's you had a, a good McCoy pun in there. Um, <laughs> bones the yeah bones joke um <laughs> so they, no no i i'm watching through uh deep space nine uh, again i've seen that before but then voyager for the first time and 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 you're right that there's some of this stuff that comes up so much later to, to kind of um entice you with some of these things that if you stick around for a very long time um but like voyager they just encountered the omega directive um, and so Janeway gets to have this line that like the Omega directive overrides the prime directive or overrules it or something. It's like, oh man, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. But um, like you'll eventually get to this part where they fleshed out so much of the governing philosophy of Starfleet. Um, and the Omega directive is a pretty specific case, but um, it's cool how they work that in. Yes. Um, and to your point about the the sort of scope and scale of things, um, I just got to the point in Deep Space Nine again where, um, well, spoilers if you haven't, if you're right at that episode, but um, <laughs> a, a, a group that is not the Federation uh, just took the station. I'll try to keep it as vague as possible. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so Starfleet has just amassed um, an armada <laughs> yeah. of ships. Uh, and it's like, wow, that's like all the ships. Yeah. And, it really gives you a lot of scope and scale of the universe, but yep. a lot of those seeds, you're right, are being planted right here. Yep. To to, to I mean, and n- none of that stuff would be possible without without what we're seeing right here. So as as weird as the growing pains have been in this first season, 
you know, it is all building towards something. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, the other thing I have for weird inconsistencies, again, things that just get worked out, uh, transporters, the holodeck, general technology. Mm. They're playing yeah. really fast and loose with a lot of that stuff. And it's, you know, it's funny for me because um, I don't remember even a lot of this stuff being as, I'll, I'll say, loosey-goosey as it is right now. Um, but I think we've really come to take for granted that that Star Trek was later so faithful to its own canon well, that here they're 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 not quite doing that yet they haven't quite grown up yet and there's a lot of really interesting questions that make me question things about the holodeck um even with knowledge of how it works later um there's there's just a lot of things that um and they're good questions they're great discussions of you know how would this work how would you make this work would you would you make it possible to order a cheeseburger like could you eat it <laughs> right. should you be should, could you go skiing and throw a snowball with space uh how would we call it space ski sickness fever. ski fever ski fever oh <laughs> you create ski fever in the holodeck like yeah questions like that really are um fun discussions to have like yeah. why would you set up these safeguards how would they work what would you do etc there's um <laughs> I, I want to reference uh, right now Galaxy Quest, um, <laughs> and I, I want to bring it up for a very specific reason. Because, well, for starters, some people call it the the best Star Trek feature film ever made, uh, even though it's, <laughs> it's not part of the Star Trek canon. Oh man! Um, but you know, there's a scene within uh, within Galaxy Quest where there's a there's a group of super fans who have come to the convention, they were kind of rejected originally because they were asking all of those questions, right, that we were just talking about. You know, like, how does this device on the ship work? How does, how is this laid together? How does this deck connect to this deck? And, um, you know, later in the film, it turns out all of it's been recreated and it's real and, and the captain is on the phone with them and, and he said, you know, they have that conversation where it's like, I know what you said, it's all real, or it's none of it's real, it's just a show. He says, it is all real, I need your help. And he just stops and without a without a moment's hesitation says, I knew it, what do you need? You know, and it's <laughs> that kind of passionate fandom, which I think is lovingly spoofed in that film, is made possible, I think, by shows like this who start to take that stuff you know, here it's not taken very seriously, but eventually it does become uh, pretty serious. There are people working behind the scenes on this show, um, you know, like Michael Okuda and his wife, Denise Okuda, who um, they're the people who painstakingly painted and put together all those like photo cells that get laid over the light up displays where like all the computers are, like all those buttons. And, and Mike Okuda has written, I don't know how many technical manuals to the show to actually put some sort of pen to paper to say this is how this technology works this is how this works this is how this is laid out and when you were a kid and growing up i mean i had tech manuals like that and i took that Mm -hmm. stuff as you know as actual truth and it's it's cool to see you know that stuff kind of coming to formation here that that the staff that's involved with the show isn't quite as into it i think as the staff that eventually takes over and some of the showrunners that we'll see later but when this series starts to gel and coalesce, it becomes something much bigger than the than the sum of its its parts, um, and and it kind of I mean in a lot of ways I think Next Generation not only birthed uh, a lot of you know this continuity that we're talking about, it also birthed kind of modern sci-fi fandom, which is mm-hmm. this uh, you know this literal universe that you could almost live in because it's so, it's hard so real yeah it's hard to point to other 
TV shows, sci-fi TV shows that are as groundbreaking or um, far-reaching mm-hmm. as TNG. Right. Mm-hmm. That that's um, there are others that are close, I think, but man, it just it, yeah. They really put a lot of thought into it. Well, and it seems very fitting to have this conversation in this year of all years. We're recording this episode in 2016. We're coming up on the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Oh, Um, (laughs) good. So, you know, 1966 is when the original series uh, went on television. And this is a franchise that still still means a lot to a lot of people. And there's a new feature film coming out this year. Uh, We'll see how that goes. Uh, (laughs) But there's a new, uh, there's a new television series that's in the works. um, Yeah. Which will be, maybe that's the next one we talk about, Paul. Maybe that's, maybe that's where we're Mm -hmm. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Got a a lot of stuff uh, in the way between here and there. (laughs) We do. uh, For sure. For sure. Um, you also had an idea for for a game that we could play here before we get to the yeah, end yeah, here. Yeah, so it'll be a fun one. Uh, let's see how this plays out. So we've seen a lot of different species, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I have not gone back to figure out what they are. But I, you know, I thought that'd be fun to see who could, uh, you know, we'll just go one and one. So whoever cannot name one first loses this game i think that's how it plays out so all right well um, would, you can start would you like to go <laughs> all right i will i will grab the uh i'll grab the uh, bug people so what's the game Am I, are you, so yours you're, okay you name a, a species then i name a species okay yeah, that was that was new in this uh in this 13 episode arc uh the ferengi uh that's legit right yeah that is legit mm-hmm. uh, i'm gonna go with uh the q okay q is good um, the Edo uh, from Justice. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Uh-huh. I I, w- I would have just said the Justice people, but good call. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Gonna go with the dog people. <laughs> <laughs> we should have laid out some ground rules where you can't just call them the dog people. I'll turn around and say the lizard people then from the very oh, same episode. Then that that makes it harder. Um, uh-huh. Should have laid out if we can allow. I don't think I think uh, I think mainstay caster off, so I can't say um, you know Betazid or um, well, you Kling- can say you can say Betazoid. That's new. Klingons okay. don't count because that's original series, but you can say Betazoid. Ooh, okay, that's a good point. Okay, that's fair. Um, uh, the Binars. Oh, and I think that is the sound of you losing this game because that is episode fourteen. No crap! I keep I'm I'm looking at a sheet that's I, I want to redo. I can still do a redo. Can I get a redo? I five seconds. Uh, I got the the Dream Woman people. What are they called? Dream Woman people. The you from mean Haven. Angel One people? No, from Haven. Haven. The, oh the oh the um the Talurians. The is that what they're called? The something. Talaxians? No, that would be Dune. <laughs> no, Talaxian uh, is what Neelix is. Yeah. From, yeah, oh, the, you're right. And yeah. who am I thinking of in Dune? Well, <laughs> everything go- ties back to Dune. Yeah, yeah it's the Trillions. Trillions. Yeah. I'll give you that. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> then I'm going to go with um, Sunian androids. That counts. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, so the Code of Honor people. Uh, the, what's his name? Uh, Legon, I believe, or yeah, they, but but I can't remember what what they're called. But but we'll go with them. I'm looking at my notes to see if I have a name. 
I do not. <laughs> <laughs> Some planet. <laughs> so I think I'm going to have to accept um, Code of Honor people. Um, did we already... Justice people? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yes, we did. That's the Edo. Oh, oh. then I would have said Angel 1 people, but... yeah. The, oh, yeah, the, the angel. Uh, yeah. I just couldn't mm-hmm. remember which one you already said. <laughs> and it's so, like, if you're sensing a trend in this game back and forth, it's just that some of them we don't even remember the names because it's just like, Did I don't they know. Have, they weren't human, right? Or were they human? They were. I think it's, it's off the table if they are human. They were not human. Um, okay. They were definitely alien. The only the only thing that I can think of is uh, Portal 64, whatever his people were. Um, yes. Yeah. That's, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what empire. It was the Takan Empire. That's what it was. Yeah, the Takan Empire. Mm-hmm. That would have been another one. Well, uh, I think that is. So you just you have one up on me then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's nearly. I mean, so Encounter at Farpoint was Q. Um, Naked Now. It was just a bottle show. Code of Honor. We covered that last up. I mean, that's that's almost every episode you're getting somebody I new. Just, I think you just want to. Yeah, I think you just want it. Yeah, because I don't have anything left. Yeah, so there, ah. you, there you go. I uh, good game, good game. <laughs> I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> um, finally, one of the things that I think we we haven't been so so good at, uh, which is one of the things that we want to get better at, is being interactive. Now that we've got, um, we've got some folks who are are listening to this show, and and it's it's nice to see that uh, you know that the audience is is there. It's uh, it's actually been growing a little bit. Um, so we want to invite you to reach out to us. Um, we have we have not plugged, I don't think at all to this point, our email address. Like uh, that's not a thing we've even mentioned. No, on I the mean, show. There's no there's no email in 1980s sci-fi sitcoms. Right. So that's that's the problem. But there is email in the 21st century in 2016. So um, I believe I'm just Jason at uh, HiFi SciFi Podcast Yeah, I'm definitely just Paul at. And then I think um, we, do we have an info account too? I think we just have info. Info at yeah. I mean, if you want to ask a question to both of us, you could just email it to both of us. But yep, if you're looking to save those precious characters, <laughs> that's almost like if we had a website, we should put that on our website. <laughs> oh, we do have a website. I mean, if you haven't found that, I yeah. mean, you could be could be listening to this without ever finding the website. I mean, yeah, hi-fi sci-fi podcast dot com. We're also. So we're, so, um, Stitcher and iTunes and yes. uh, yep. other places. I don't know what things get pulled. Uh, Pocket Casts. I know some folks have found us on Pocket Casts. I will say that um, you have to group it exactly like it shows on our, our header image. So Hi-Fi uh, Sci-Fi Podcast. So it has to be grouped that way. Um, if you want, you can also message us. We can get you a direct link to that. Um, one if you're of the old school, you can RSS feed it. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And Facebook, Twitter, and an RSS feed are all on our, our homepage as well. Um, but at this point, if you've really enjoyed the show, I would say um, get in touch with us. Ask us questions. You know, uh, if you know there's an episode coming up. At this point, we're going to, I believe, go through every episode. We were talking about maybe <laughs> yeah. skipping around, but I think it's just a bygone conclusion at this point. We're going to do them all. Yeah, I think that that was on the first episode. and. I think I always knew we were going to do every episode. Put that out there. Yeah, some of the some of the bad episodes have been the the most fun to actually. Oh talk man, they're about. so fun. Yeah, and well, uh, man, there's so there's some good ones coming up. And there's some bad ones coming up. Well, so one of the things I was um, 
I think we are planning on so this is this is the sort of first of this type of episode where we we don't have an episode specifically that we're talking about but but do more of that recap mm-hmm. um and and I think we mentioned that we'll probably keep doing this um about every half a season or so so mid season and then uh end of each full season so um we'll probably have another one of these once we wrap the first season um one of the things that would be great to have on here that we can't do right now because we haven't told you about it would just be to take questions from you guys mm-hmm. um so a great way to do that um if you just tweet at us or tweet with uh you know a hashtag uh hfsf that's not taken by anything else we should probably check that mm-hmm. <laughs> um but uh i don't know what else it could stand for um, I looked. Type, and it, I, I it's, check it uh, now. Yeah, no? it's uh, no? HFSF is uh, is all us. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, if you tweet with that before we do another one of these, we'll uh, punch those typing sounds. Let's have some more typing sounds. I'm making typing hand motions. <laughs> um, we'll punch those into the into the tweets and uh, see if you asked any questions and, and maybe feature some of those on the next show. That'd be a lot of fun to to have people interacting in that way. Um, and, and perhaps if you ask questions about episodes that are far enough out, you know, if you had a good question about um, symbiosis or the neutral zone or something like that later in the first season and you got that question in really quick, maybe we would see it in time to uh, record it. But who knows? <laughs> right. The, we'll try um, to catch them up with the, uh, at the recaps. <laughs> and one of, the, um, one of the questions that we had early on um, – the uh somebody tweeted at us will will you talk more about the general reception of the show at the time nielsen ratings media coverage trekkies etc um and that's something we've tried to work in as as is possible but i think that is definitely something that um we'll try to do a little bit more of some of the things that we've talked about too are are just uh you know episodes of the time uh in terms of like what was what was going on in the writer's room or the context for that um but i think you know, it, it's it's a little bit tough to talk about this show in terms of what the audience reaction was at the time because this show actually predates the popular internet. Um, mm-hmm. The internet was was technically a thing, but it was all Bolton boards. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that is yeah something that we'll we'll try to work in um, organically as it as it is possible. Um, and more episodes like that. Uh, ask us questions about how we do the show, um, how we choose our guests, um, which is largely a series of bribes and fat kickbacks. <laughs> um, you know, all that podcast money, that sweet, sweet podcast money. Yeah, how much money are you making <laughs> off of this? The answer is uh, none of the dollars. Um, we're, you know, you know, it would be a ton of fun to get hmm. big names, like if people have connections. You know, let's toss this stuff out there. Try to get Will Wheaton on here sometime. No, that would be great. That would Put that be on a table. That would be pretty if you've good. Got connections to Will Wheaton. Mm-hmm. Got connections to uh, Jennifer Frakes. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I mean, please get in touch with us. <laughs> Absolutely, because <laughs> you know, Paul and I are are just a couple of fans, really, who who got together and and we're doing this in our own spare time, um, with limited budget equipment and uh, resource. Uh, but we really enjoy doing it, and we really enjoy but, hearing from from people out there. Or no budget, I think. <laughs> Zero dollars. We've chipped in a couple of bucks on things from here and there. <laughs> the website. The website hosting. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I think I, I, it, it is, you could call it to the host. We've had the, the, the guests. Um, we are the hosts. Um, <laughs> Shout out to ourselves. <laughs> we're great. No, the, the, <laughs> the guests, though, I think have been one of the best parts for this. Just having um, a lot of different people who bring so much to the table. Um, and often do more research than than we have about specific episodes, which is so much fun. 
um, yes. to 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 get some of this deep stuff in there and um, and get different perspective on it. Because yeah. um, I mean, we're well, I'm going to go out and say we're right on all of these, but sometimes sure. they uh, they convince us that we could be right in different ways. So <laughs> exactly, um, yeah. And again, just uh, so lots of ways to get in touch with us. Uh, you can uh, tweet at us. You can find us on Facebook. On Twitter, we're at HFSF Podcast. Um, on Facebook, I believe we're just uh, Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast. Um, if you search for us there, um, and all of that. I mean, is, you should be typing typing all this into Google so that we get that SEO. But yeah, do all those things exactly. <laughs> um, and all of that information is on our website, which is Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast, all one word. dot com. So. We will be back next time with uh, with another actual episode. So it looks like after this, we are going to be talking about one one zero zero one zero zero one, which I tried to reference two times. That you referenced several times already. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we've actually already recorded that, so it's still fresh in my mind. Is yeah, it's uh, a fun episode. That is a fun episode. It's a lot of fun. So and hopefully you're having as much fun as with us. We look forward to the rest of this season and all seasons to follow. And uh, who knows? There's a lot of uh, sci-fi out there. So. Um, we hope to be doing this for a good long time. So until next week, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And uh, watch out for the bug people and <laughs> the haven people, people and the lizard people, people and the dog people. Angel, angel one people. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you. <ya. laughs>